Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Ah, blessing, folks. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. I also thank you for spreading the Word about this time together. I tell you, I really appreciate it. So uh, just let folks know, put it on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, your websites and things like that. And again, encourage folks uh, just to gather together uh, to see what the Lord is saying. We've been looking in His Word uh, related to spiritual gifts, and we're in Ephesians 4 right now, and we're getting to the end of the chapter. And at the end of the chapter, uh, Paul just starts firing off <clears throat> these instructions. And they're all things related to how we're really supposed to live as the body of believers. So just to remember what he was saying at the beginning of the chapter, he says, I want to make sure here that you walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. Remember that? And he told them to walk with humility and gentleness and patience and tolerance for one another, to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Remember again, we are called to preserve that unity, not to attain to it. It's already there. True believers are unified. Why is that? Well, because there's one body and one Spirit. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And he tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended on high, that he gave gifts to men and that he gave some gifted individuals, some roles, some functionings. Sometimes people call these offices within the church. And uh, I don't think it's a good thing to do because we start creating these uh, entities and things. No, they're just functionings within the body of Christ. And so some function as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and some as teachers. To what purpose? The purpose is for the equipping of the saints, Okay, the building up the body of Christ. And because of that, we're not going to be children anymore. We're not going to be tossed here and there by all the trickery of men, craftiness and deceitful scheming. But we're going to do something. We're going to speak the truth in love. Okay, And this is something that's, that's woefully lacking within the body of Christ. We're going to speak the truth in love, and we're going to grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he encouraged them not to go the way the Gentiles, not to live the way they had before, but to set aside the old self, lay aside that old self, and renew, be renewed in the spirit of our mind to put on the new self. Now, verse 25, <laughs> that was a 90-second synopsis of the whole thing, right? Verse 25, he says this, Therefore, that's the reason I wanted to go through all that to where we could see what the context is, to, why, to where we can see what is therefore. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbors, for we are members of of one another. Now, I will readily acquiesce that this is a difficult thing to do. It's a lot easier just to let things slide. It's a lot easier to do what the world says and just say, oh, well, just, you know, just tell a little white lie. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. But that's not what the scripture tells us to do. We are to speak the truth with our neighbors. We're all members of one another. If we're members of the body of Christ and you're true believers, we must speak forth the truth to one another. We can't sit there and in silence let something go. We can't sit there and equivocate a little here, there. No, no. We are to speak the truth. The next verse says this, which may be a corollary to the first verse here. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Now, this is something that's really interesting. We can be angry. Okay, we can be angry, 
but we're not to sin. It's actually a quote from the Old Testament. We can be angry, but we are not to sin. And you say, well, I can't do that. Well, in the flesh, you can't. There's no doubt. Uh, within the soulish realm, you can't. There's no doubt there either. <laughs> but in the spirit, it's a lot like you saw Jesus when he overturned the tables in the temple. He was angry. Okay, He was angry, demonstrably so. And yet he did not sin. He did not sin. Uh, there are many, many things uh, that will bring forth anger like that. There's some things in my life right now, there's two or three major things, that when these things happen, I just look at it and I just go, uh, it, it brings an anger. Uh, I'll give you one example is uh, when people just simply do not teach or preach the Word of God. You know, when they are trying to wax eloquent, when they tell stories, when they talk about this or they talk about that, and, and you can see it from every spectrum. Okay, across the professing body of Christ where people are preaching and teaching and they don't teach or preach the word. They don't teach or preach the gospel. They're tickling the ears of men. And that is something that just brings what I want to say is a righteous anger. But I have to be careful because the balance of the verse says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. You can't let it fester. You can't let it dwell over and over and over again. You can deal with it, okay? And I think the way you deal with it is speak the truth to each other in love because we're members of one another. If you do not deal with the anger, if you let the sun go down on it, it'll give the devil an opportunity. In other words, it opens the door for something. And we do not want to do that. So he tells us point blank, lay aside falsehood. Now, one more thing about that falsehood. Uh, a lot of times, uh, the falsehood is not an overt lie. Uh, have you ever known anybody like this? You've known people that when you're talking to them about something, it's like they have also done the same thing or have a similar account or a similar story. And then they tell you this thing. And the more you get to see it, the more you get to know them and get to understand it, it's like, is any of this true? You know, is any of this true? Well, those are falsehoods, you know. And it's just that they, uh, a lot of times I think it's uh sincere, innocent, can I say that? They just want to be a part of something. But you don't have to do that. No. Just lay aside all that. Just speak the truth in love and realize that we're members of one another. Don't be angry. Don't I mean be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on that anger. Now, another verse here will be done. Verse 28 says this He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with one who has need. <clears throat> Two big, big things right here, maybe three. First of all, there has to be a change in life. So Paul is saying this, if you stole before, don't steal anymore. And that's interesting because it looks like there's people who were professing believers, and they were believers, but they were carrying on with their lifestyle, which involves stealing. Now, often we think of that from the point of view of somebody breaking into a house and stealing something, and that's true. But I tell you what. There are some uh, business endeavors and there's some things that are people involved in that are just flat out stealing. And Paul's saying, don't do that. There may be a thing that comes along that you find yourself, hey, I'm saved. I've been born again. I've got to get a different career, okay? A different type of thing. I've got to do something around here, okay? And so that's what he's saying. He who steals must steal no longer, but he must work. Work for your own hands. Now, this is interesting. Performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with one who has need. This is a really serious principle. 
The reason that somebody is working is not just to attain to their own need, not to attain to their own greed and get more and more and more stuff and better stuff and bigger stuff, but it's to share with someone who has a need. This is the reason that I can tell you that if we have abundance of something, the purpose of that abundance is to meet the needs of others, beginning with a household of faith. If you have abundance of shirts and somebody in the household of faith or somebody on the street needs a shirt, then seek the Lord, give them the shirt. Okay? That's the reason we have abundance is to meet the needs of others. So he who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with the one who has a need. Okay, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.